Good morning. It's good to see you this morning and uh, thrilled if you're here in person or if you're online, just uh, thankful that you're, uh, you're here today. You know, several years ago, a uh, fellow that some of you know, Michael Robinson, he and I uh, planned a backpacking trip in Colorado. It was late summer, early fall kind of time frame. It was a beautiful time of year. It was to start in the American Basin. We've got a little picture here for you of where it was. The, the scenery you can kind of see, this is where we were taking off, sort of at the, the head of that valley we were going to take off. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to climb out of this valley up toward Handy's Peak, which is sort of to the, to the uh, left there. Uh, it's actually south, if you know your east, west, north, south directions there. But it's, it was to the south a little ways, a 14er. We were going to climb that one and uh, another one that was in the vicinity. Uh, I was going to go on for about three days, several miles. We'd planned food, shelter, water. We'd planned for bears. We'd, we'd trained some. And in those days, we were a little younger, so it's kind of like we had energy nevertheless, but we thought uh, we still trained some. We were prepared that way. We were experienced when it came to backpacking. Both of us had done it independently. We hadn't done it together at this point, but we had, uh, we'd done it independently, so both of us were experienced in that. But there was something as we prepared for our trip that we did not plan for. Have you ever heard of something called altitude sickness? You familiar with that? Familiar with that? Uh, we, we knew of it, but we, uh, we became acquainted with it in this particular instance. Uh, we, <clears throat> what happened was we had left the day before. We'd left, driven all night, gotten there, and uh, had started here about 900 feet of elevation. And this point right there in the head of the valley is around 10,500 feet or so at the the head of the valley there where we were taken off from. And, you know, in 24 hours, less than 24 hours, we'd gone from here to there and just really hadn't thought a whole lot about that. Uh, after all, we were young and we were strong. And uh, we got there, we got out of the truck, we loaded all of our, all of our gear on our backs. We, we headed up the trail, started trudging up the trail. We'd probably gone about a football field uh, distance and really, both of us had noticed independent of the other that we really hadn't said much during this time frame, but we, we got about a football field along the way and involuntarily, both, actually it was voluntary, uh, unconsciously we just both stopped and turned and faced each other with our backpacks on and said, what are we doing? I can't, I can't do this. And you know, we're both pretty proud guys, and so neither one of us wanted to be the first to admit, I can't do this. But I'm telling you, in this moment, there was no pride. We looked at each other and just said, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking. And uh, without any debate or further discussion, we turned, headed right back down to the truck. We didn't care what anybody thought around us as they're looking at these guys thinking, why are these guys heading back to their truck? You know, we're headed back to our truck. Uh, we threw all of the gear back in the truck. We drove, I don't know, maybe a quarter of a mile, half a mile back down the, the valley here, found a spot somewhat near a stream, but away, away a little ways from it, and uh, set up our tents and promptly slept for a day and a half. That's what we did. And uh, then after that, we started doing some other things. But we, uh, we learned the hard way that we were, just, we were too weak, we were too unsure of our bodies to start the trip. We just couldn't do it. So, uh, so we had to sleep. Now, that specific experience maybe has never happened to you. 
But every one of us, everyone within the sound of my voice, knows what it's like to not be able to do something because you're too tired, because you're too weak, because you're fearful, because you're timid in some way, because you're uncertain and unsure of yourself. We, we all know what that's like. Maybe we're uncertain and unsure and timid about these things because we're young or because we're aging or because we're sick or we're inexperienced. Maybe it's because we're in debt or grieving or at the mercy of some others and that, that's created a, a difficult circumstance. I, the list of reasons why we've all felt weak and timid and fearful is just long. We have all know what that's like. But over and over again, God tries to convey to us in Scripture that when we feel weak, when we feel timid, when we feel tearful, or, uh, fearful, He wants us to understand we are stronger than we're inclined to think. We're stronger. You are stronger than you feel and think. He conveys this message to us repeatedly throughout Scripture. But this morning, I want to draw your attention to one of my favorite passages on this subject. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which reminds us of this. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It's a very short verse. Just read it out loud with me, if you would. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let's read that one more time, because some of you were timid as you were reading it. You were just a little fearful there. So uh, let's do it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. According to this passage... And as I've said, others that we could look at this morning as well. Each of us is stronger than we think. We're stronger than we feel. If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior, if you've invited Him into your life, God wants us to understand you've received a gift. You've received a gift. And the gift makes you stronger then you are on your own. I mean, without the gift, I mean, you are what you are. But with the gift in your life, God has made you stronger than you're capable of being on your own. And the gift, according to the Scriptures, is the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and He brings with His presence in our lives multiple blessings, some of that we'll be talking about throughout the course of those Wednesday nights here in October, so I hope you'll plan to join us on uh, 7 o'clock, uh, the first Wednesday of October and each Wednesday for the month, because uh, there's a lot that the Scripture tells us about the Holy Spirit. And even with those four Wednesday nights, there's absolutely no way we're going to be able to cover everything, but there's an immense amount that we will touch on during the course of those Wednesday nights. But this particular passage, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, lays out for us, Three blessings that the Holy Spirit brings into the lives of the weak, the fearful, and the timid who belong to Jesus. And for the next few moments, I just want to highlight those for you. Because the first blessing that He brings into our lives is, is power. The text says He brings power. We've received a spirit of power. Spirit of power. 
You know, if you look at Scripture, read the book of Acts if you haven't thought about this lately. But go, go read the book of Acts and you see what the Holy Spirit did in the lives of those who were the first followers of Jesus. He gave them the power to witness boldly. He gave them the power to speak the truth. And hear me, speak the truth to power. People who had the authority to uh, persecute, to kill them. He gave them the power to speak the truth and do it in a loving way. That's an astonishing thing. The Holy Spirit gave them the, the power to endure hardship and suffering that they would have never, in their right minds, on their own, independent of Him, been able to endure. They could have done it. With God's Spirit, they had the power to stand, to prevail against the gates of hell which were raging against their lives. The Holy Spirit gave them the power to forgive things that to most of us just seem unthinkable. He gave them the power to try again. You know, they survive one circumstance, and lo and behold, what do they do? They re-enlist and just keep going. It's astonishing what the Holy Spirit gave them power to do. Gave them power to rise above shortcomings, the power to break the strongholds of evil. I could go on. But He gave them power that they didn't think or feel like they had. And independent of Him, they didn't have it, but because He was with them, they were stronger than they believed or felt. thought a lot about Paul and Silas over the years, and uh, Cody did a message here earlier in the summer about, about their lives. I encourage you to go back and listen to it if you, if you haven't listened to it. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they were in prison for preaching about Jesus. Do you remember what the Holy Spirit did in their lives in that moment, that experience? If you've read the story recently, you remember Cody's message. You, you know that the Holy Spirit gave them power to forgive, forgive the power to sing during suffering. Gave them the power to pray for their persecutors. Gave them the power to escape prison. I mean, literally, as they're singing in prison, there's an earthquake, and the Bible tells us in Acts 16, all of their chains fell off. And they could have fled, but then the Holy Spirit gave them the power not to flee, but to stay and witness to the jailer. Boldly. I want you to listen to one of Paul's prayers for those of us who feel weak, timid, and fearful sometimes, but who have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Listen to what he says. He's praying this over the believers. Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20. He prays this. He says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. Get this. This is the same mighty power Look at what it says. That raised Christ from the dead. We have the ability to read this. We can read these verses and just that, that just sort of blows past us. It's just like we're reading words. But we've received the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And Paul's praying, oh God, help Help my readers, the readers, help the people in Ephesus, help, help the believers who will read the book of Ephesians in future generations. He's praying, oh God, may they understand the incredible greatness of God's power 
For us who believe, it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him, it exalted Him, seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, He adds. I just want to remind you, you have the same spirit of power in you that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Will you believe it? Will you trust that God's word is true? Will you trust your feelings? Or will you trust your faith? What scripture says, the example, the testimony of those who've gone before and like you, been blessed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Second blessing that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and, notice what he says, and, and love. Love, that's the second blessing that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. Jesus, if you think about it, loved his enemies. He prayed for those who persecuted him. And because of the Holy Spirit, we see over and over again in the book of Acts and in the lives of the apostles, we see them doing the exact same thing. They were loving their enemies, praying for those who persecuted them. You and I have the exact same spirit of love in us. If Jesus is our Lord, if Jesus is our Savior, if we've invited Him into our lives, we have the exact capacity that they had to love with an... It's an otherworldly kind of love. It's just different than the world loves. It's different. Yeah, I was reminded of that a year ago, and often I'm reminded of this, but a year ago, last October... Uh, of 2021, a notorious Haitian gang abducted 17 missionaries in Haiti. You remember it? It was in the news. It was this time, almost been a year. Isn't it just amazing? It seems like a decade ago, but it was, it was last year when that happened. And five children were among those kidnapped. The youngest was a 10-year-old, or a 10-month-old, I'm, I'm sorry, 10-month-old uh, child. Just unthinkable stuff. The missionaries had been visiting an orphanage in Haiti when the abduction occurred. And for two months, they were in the hands of their captors, facing danger, health issues, the potential of death. I mean, threatened periodically and concerned about their well-being. And, but I want you to listen to some of the public statements that were made by their family members and ministry personnel of the missions organization. And uh, just think about, think about these comments, okay? And they were consistent with the sentiments of these folks when they were eventually released. But I want you to listen to what these folks were saying. One person said, the kidnappers, like all people, are created in the image of God and can be changed if they'll turn to Him. While we desire the safe release of our family and friends, we also desire that the kidnappers be transformed by the love of Jesus, the only true source of peace joy, and forgiveness. Do you hear any hate or bitterness in that statement? One father of one of the hostages said this about the kidnappers. He said, we are interested in the salvation of these people. We love them. 
another father of a hostage, said, as a, as a family, we're giving forgiveness to these men. We're not holding anything against them. Many similar, sincere kinds of statements like these were made by family members and friends. What or who could possibly fill these people with the strength and compassion to respond like this to gang members, to child abductors, to thugs? It's humanly not natural unless the Holy Spirit is a part of your life. Bible tells us and describes repeatedly God's kind of love. 1 Corinthians 13 paints this picture. It just says it's, it's patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, love never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And it sort of wraps that thought in verse 8 by just saying, love will last forever. Love's one of the great gifts. The whole chapter 13 is about, it's, one, it's the greatest gift that God has given. And it's the kind of gift that comes how? with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're struggling to love somebody, remember you have the same spirit of love in you that Jesus had in him. The same spirit. But here's the thing about this. It's like we got to believe this in order to even try, right? Got to believe it to try. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love. And then adds, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. It's a third blessing that this passage is conveying to us that the Holy Spirit brings into the lives of the fearful, timid, and weak who nevertheless belong to Jesus. You know, no one has ever had more self-discipline more self-control than Jesus. There's no one like him. I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, the ultimate evidence of Jesus' self-discipline is the cross. I mean, it is the preeminent evidence that he's self-controlled, he's disciplined. You know, if, if I had been hanging on the cross and had his power, okay, if you had been hanging on the cross and it had his power, do you think it would have ever gotten to the point where they were driving nails into your, into your hands, you know, your feet? Would it, would it ever gotten to that point? Wouldn't have never, would have never needed to get that far. I would have been, I'd have been like Elijah, okay? Let's just put it that way. I'd have been, send fire from heaven. And that person would not be vaporized, you know, or... Maybe not just that person, but that group of people. They're vaporized. Why? 
because I can and I don't need this. I don't want. This was not the spirit that was resident in Jesus. His spirit's totally different. I mean, look at, look at Luke 23, verse 34 on the screen, where it just paints this picture of Jesus. One of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture, I think, where Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And it literally it shows his mercy in this moment, but it goes on. The verse, same verse says, and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by casting lots. Think of the restraint, the self-control, the self-discipline, the love. God wants you and me to remember the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that loved those who persecuted him, has made it possible for you to live with self-discipline and restraint just as Jesus did. The same spirit is in you. But I have habits I can't seem to break. I have addictions and I haven't conquered them. I, they seem to control me. They have influence over me. They control me. I don't control them. And I will just say, maybe you haven't conquered them. But here's the key word. Yet. Maybe you haven't conquered them yet. But if the Holy Spirit of Jesus is alive in you and is at work in you, the day will come if you continue the fight. The day will come when you'll prevail. Jesus himself says to you, I'm going to build my, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You're a part of his fellowship. You're a part of his, his spirit's a part of your life. Just because you don't feel in this moment like you can prevail doesn't mean uh, it's going to give up the fight. You have received power and love and self-discipline from the Spirit of God in you if you've invited Jesus into your life. Stay the course. Keep fighting. Because God tells us, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And 1 John 4, 4 tells us, You belong to God, my dear children. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And on and on and on we could go with passages of Scripture. But you are stronger than you feel and think when the spirit of the living God is a part of your life. I want to encourage you. Believe it. Not because I said it, but because Scripture says it. Because God's Spirit is reinforcing it in your heart even as we talk. He is with you if you've invited Jesus within. Trust Him. 
you know, many years ago, Gatorade came out with a successful marketing campaign that I really liked. I really, I loved the imagery of it. It was, there's so many really good things about it. And uh, if you remember, it showed athletes competing and they were sweating Gatorade. You remember this, some of you? Uh, some of you don't probably remember it, but some of you do. And uh, they kind of showed this image of sweating Gatorade. And then they asked the question in all the marketing, is it in you? Is it in you? It's like it's kind of comparing the, the passion, the, the aggressiveness, the, the energy exertion of, of these athletes, and, and then how it was the Gatorade that made the difference. You know, right? Is it in you? If you want more power, if you want more love, if you want more self-discipline in your life, I have to ask you this morning, is he in you? Is he in you? It's not just about willpower and effort. In fact, left to ourselves, um, we will fall short. You look at the lives of the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, There's a distinct difference between their lives before the Holy Spirit came into their lives and after the Holy Spirit came into their lives. You notice that? That's not just dumb luck. It's not just coincidence. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit makes it possible for you and me to do a whole lot that we cannot do on our own, but with Him a part of our lives, we're stronger. We're stronger than we are on our own. You need Him. I need Him. Have you invited the Holy Spirit into your heart and life? Have you been baptized as Scripture teaches? Often think of Acts 2.38, which tells us to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus. And it says, and you will receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized as an expression of your faith and your surrender? That you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you done that? Is he in you? Is he in you? You know, that's why Jesus demonstrated the restraint that he did. And my encouragement to you is to run to him, to invite, invite Jesus to fill you with, your, with his Holy Spirit, his spirit of power, love, self-discipline, his spirit of mercy, his spirit of wisdom, his spirit of guidance, on and on we could go. Because the promise of Scripture is that if you'll seek Him, you'll find Him. You'll fill Him. He'll fill you. I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me. Uh, I'm going to want to pray for you about this as we wrap up this morning. Just before uh, I wrap up, though, I'm going to ask uh, Brian and Linda Irwin to come up here with me real quick. And uh, some, probably most of you know Brian and Linda have been around for a long, long time. Um, 
they've been friends and ministry partners, you know, here for for decades, decades. Um, as they're coming up, they're in, they're moving. Today's their last Sunday, and you know, not everybody that you know comes in around for quite a while do we do this for come on up here. But I mean, they've been literally from the opening day. Linda years ago was on staff uh, with us, led our small group ministry, the very first fledgling small group ministry that we that we had. Uh, Brian has was our, one of our very first elders, and there's been nobody at Southwoods in our many years of existence as a church who has shepherded and led more small groups uh, than these two. I mean, they, if there was an award to win, they win, okay? <laughs> Just hands down, they really do. And uh, they're moving to uh, Washington and way up north, kind of right near the Idaho line. And I uh, just love you guys and we'll miss you dearly. And uh, we would love it if they would move back someday. But this is where they're, where they're going, feeling uh, God's leading them to, to uh, go there. And so we just want to honor you and uh, pray a blessing on them. And with that, I mean, you know, I, I know, I mean, I just watch how the Holy Spirit has worked through their lives. In all of our lives. And he wants to do the same thing in all of us, through all of us. So just open your heart to that as we wrap up this morning. And just want you guys to know we love you. And we'll pray for you here, okay? Let's bow our heads together and we'll be dismissed afterwards. Father, thank you for your kindness, your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what you've done in ancient times, you can do in our day. And you do do in our day. You... uh, you planted the same Holy Spirit in us uh, who will seek you as you demonstrated and put in the hearts of the disciples and the apostles in ancient times and, and is, was radiated from your life, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. And just ask, Lord, that as we look heavenward, that you'll just hear our cry. We need more of you, Lord. As we look at the world in which we live and the, the pressing needs, uh, certain fears and concerns that we have about our world, God. Uh, we just need more of you. More of you. Uh, you have a plan for everything that's going on, including our lives. And just ask, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit, fill us with your power, your love, your self-discipline, your wisdom, your presence, your healing. Help us to be salt and light and bold and forgiving and loving like you are. And we'll give you the credit because we couldn't do it independent of you. And Father, we thank you for the example of Brian and Linda over the years. Know that they're not perfect people just like none of us are. But God, I know they've tried to honor you as best they know how with their lives. And just pray your blessing on them for them being a blessing to all of us uh, for all of these years, I just ask God that your spirit uh, would fill them as they sort of begin a new chapter of their lives in the great north. <laughs> and just pray, Father, for your, uh, your spirit's provision and guidance and protection and blessing on them as they uh, transition and as they build new friendships there and try to get rooted as quickly as possible in uh, that community. And just pray, God, for your, uh, your blessing on them. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift that they've been. And we pray uh, that you'll help them to continue to be that gift 
uh, wherever they go. Know that, know that they will be. And I pray that you'll raise up others like them right here among us by the power of your spirit uh, to lead groups and to shepherd people and to love people and to, uh, to just lead as they have. We're so grateful for your grace that you hear our prayers and that you care. And now uh, we just ask for your blessing to go with us and your spirit's empowerment to flow through us that we might be salt and light, just like Wesley was referring to earlier. Lord, we want to be salt and light wherever we go, just as you've called us to be. Go with us now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody agreed with me and said, Amen. 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 Bless you all. Bless you guys.